1: Great to be back with you folks. I certainly hope this finds you well. Thanks for taking the time to tune us in. Let us come across your earwaves. And with me, still in Pennsylvania and from Pennsylvania is place of nativity, is Kevin. Good morning, Kevin.
2: Good morning, Doug. How are you, sir?
1: I'm living the dream. How about you?
2: I'm I'm really living the dream right now. It's a beautiful sunny day in Southern PA. I'm staring out the window of the coach at the Blue Mountain at whose foot I was raised and over whose crest we used to walk as kids. I'm looking at, uh, it is the land of my nativity brother. We would just hike these mountains. Oh, and it, it was living the dream. You know, when you're a kid, you don't know,
1: you don't know what you have. you have. it. Yeah. I used to live, yeah. uh, our house almost backed up to 66,000 square acres of Connecticut state forest. And you know, going out to the, the waterfalls and the hills and the brooks and fishing and, and playing ball and camping and all that. And I had no idea what we had. And uh, it's, it's just such a wonderful thing when we get to go home and look around. And folks, we've been working with the life of Christ and looking at what Christ had when he was here. And it wasn't a great deal. Uh, Christ's life for us, serving as God, uh, involved a lot of pain, helping a lot of people, And uh, that's where we're at today. So we're we're going through today, and, and we're looking at the testimony of the first disciples. We're getting to see some disciples. We're getting to see those who followed Christ like we followed Christ and uh, like we follow Christ today, and talking about what a disciple is. But we're going to find ourselves today, uh, if you want to follow along in the Bible, starting in verse number 35 of the book of John, chapter 1. Again, the next day after John stood and two of his disciples, and looking upon Jesus as he walked, he saith, Behold, the Lamb of God. And the two disciples heard him speak, and they followed Christ. Something I loved here, uh, you know, as I'm reading forward, is here's these two disciples to John the Baptist. But John the Baptist was doing such a good job as pastor, such a good job as evangelist, such a good job as the leader there that these folks are looking for Christ. He's got them so excited, so tuned in. As soon as John points them out and says, uh, there he is. There you go. These folks just go, and they follow him. And uh, looking upon Jesus as he walked, they saith, Behold the Lamb of God. And the two disciples heard him speak, and they followed Jesus. And then Jesus turned and saw them followeth and saith unto them, What seek ye? They said unto him, Rabbi, which is to say, be an interpreted master, where dwellest thou? He saith unto them, Come and see. They came and saw where he dwelt and abode with him that day. For it was about the 10th hour. Kevin, there's some pretty cool stuff going on here. Here they are, they're following John the Baptist. Uh, a couple of disciples we will know more about these disciples in you know tomorrow's broadcast. But here they are, they're following John and they're doing everything John says. They're learning the ministry. Undoubtedly they're at least helping them with the baptisms, pushing people out to them, signing people up, bringing people in and out, throwing a towel around them, making sure everything's together. I remember I was baptized and they made me a uh, associate and associate pastor over there when I got to Africa. So one of the things the churches do over there is they immediately vote in the visiting guys and and give them rights of a a church leadership position. So as soon as I go to my first church in Kenya, the first church service, the guy gets up there and nominates me as the temporary associate pastor uh, of this church in Kenya. And I said, well, that's kind of cool. you know. And I, I forgot about that. I never put that on my resume. But anyway, the next (laughs) day, I watch these people digging holes in swamps and making them deeper. And there's another guy with a shotgun, and they're looking for uh, crocs, I mean, looking for crocodiles to make sure none are in the area. And uh, people are lining up to get baptized by the new associate pastor. And, and folks, I'm here to tell you, man, when crocodiles are involved, it changes the whole baptism picture. Uh, but here's a couple of disciples, and from yeah, it ruined my life. I've never. Been Baptized people so fast in my life, it was like one quick step. I baptize you in the name of the Father, Son, and the Holy Ghost. Walking, and I'm throwing them away from me. You know, I baptized 200 people. I predict in about 40 minutes. Um, but there's some things we can learn here. Uh, you know. John did such a good job. John the Baptist did such a good job, Kevin, uh, at at building these these members, these disciples of him up, that they knew what Christ was going to be all about. As soon as he said, here's the lamb, here's the guy, here's your Savior. These guys, you know, the Bible doesn't even talk about a a going-away party. It doesn't talk about anything. But they followed the true and the living God. Isn't that what we're supposed to be doing? Uh, Not only as leaders should we be pointing people to Christ, but when we see Christ, we need to follow, right?
2: Yeah, that's what it's all about. I uh, I love what you were saying there, and how um, when Jesus showed up, you know, uh, John the Baptist handed things off to him, and it it, uh, it kind of arrested my attention that this whole John chapter one is a transition. Um, number one, you have God transitioning from the Old Testament to the New Testament and he and he stuck John the Baptist in there as, as you know, kind of one hand on the law, one hand on the on on the New Testament, you know,' was kind of getting things started <clears throat> and getting things closed off. The law and the prophets were until John. Uh, but here we have um, John transitioning things over to Jesus. So the care that that God takes in people, getting them from where they're at to where they need to be. It's its just, it's amazing, this uh, ability and this, really, the the uh, understanding that God has of, of what it takes to get people transformed, transition from one place in their life, one time of their life, one uh, venue to another. And uh, when John transferred it to Jesus, um, they, it says in verse 37, the two disciples heard him speak. Um uh, and they followed Jesus, and so you have uh, John and uh, Andrew here. And so our uh, text shows the red letter edition in front of me, and the the the, voice, the words of Jesus in red show up saying, "What seek ye?" And then in verse thirty nine, "Come and see." So John hands them over. The disciples begin to follow Peter. I mean, James and John start to follow Jesus. And Jesus turned and looked at them and said, "What are you looking for? What are you seeking?" And they said, "Well, we're, you know, where do you live? We'd like to come and hang out with you. You're the new rabbi, you know. I don't think they fully understood everything. And then Jesus saith unto them, "Come and see." And so I think even today, God is taking care with us. We all have times don't we, where we go from one place in life to another, one situation to another where the old will never be again. They're never going to follow John the Baptist again. They had thrown in their hat with him and <clears throat> into the ring with him. And so God knew that there had to be a period where they would get, a, you know, a, a acquainted with this and, uh, What seek ye was a great question to ask. And I think today I would like to ask myself that, you know, what am I looking for in this new station in life? Going forward, what would I like? What is it that I'm looking for? And then come and see. So Jesus didn't, you know, say, what are you looking for? And then, you know, stick his hands out and operatically say, here I am. But what he did, he said, come on, let's go find it. What are you looking for? Let's go find it. Let's go look. Let's go look at it. And um, man, what a savior we have that actually takes the time and uh, and, and, and meets it out a spoonful at a time and doesn't dump the whole wagon on us so that we can just say, Lord, I'm looking for something. I'm not sure what. And the Lord says, "Okay, let's go find it. God knows the answer.
1: He certainly does. And, and you know what I love is uh, a while back, probably three months ago, when we were talking about doing the life of Christ, someone wrote and said, what does it mean to be a disciple of Christ? I said, you're going to hear that on the radio, and uh, we're going to go ahead and share that with you. But I, obviously the first part of this, the, uh, you know, you have to enlist. Uh, right away you have to have a relationship with Christ. So being a disciple of Christ means a personal relationship with Christ you know it it, and that means you got to know him you trust him you get saved you surrender your life to him uh as your lord and savior so i think step one uh right away and being a discipleship of christ we're seeing with these guys they're following they're all in we need to be the same way and our first step is to accept jesus christ as our lord and savior and and Literally, the Bible tells us what we need to know. It says, you know, you're, you're a sinner. There's a price. Uh, uh, we all fall short of glory of God. There are none righteous, no, not one. Over in the book of Romans, uh, for the wages of sinners' death, because we're sinners, we're going to die, number three, but God commendeth his love toward us. Well, we were yet sinners before any of us were born, dear brothers and sisters. Um, Christ died for us. So if we need to accept that. The Bible says in Romans 10 that we must speak it with our mouth. Pray to him and that uh, while well, believing in a heart that he alone can do that that's what step one is of becoming a disciple you can't be a disciple without accepting jesus christ as your lord and savior hey listen hang with us we're going to do what these uh, radio stations need to do and we'll be right back with you
0: doug will return shortly
1: It is well with my soul. That song playing during the intermission there, and and, and so we leave step one, and and you know. I believe a lot of folks do that. I believe a lot of people who are listening today have accepted Jesus Christ as their Lord and Savior. But if you're one who has not, folks, there is nothing better you can do in your life. You must do this to be a disciple of Christ. And then I think the next step, and we'll go over to Kevin here in a minute, it's so important that we do this, is we need to learn and follow Jesus Christ's teaching. We need to, we need to learn everything about him. A disciple, uh, you know, they they seek to understand their, their God and, and their teaching in their daily life. We call it sanctification. We, we study the scriptures, we we look at the words, the actions, we look at what's going on there, and we align our beliefs with that. So we're going out of our way to learn and follow. And again, we we talk about that as the sanctification or becoming more Christ-like. Uh, what some of us have a problem with, especially those of us who've been through the junk of this world, we, we want the insurance we want to accept Jesus Christ as our Lord and Savior and say we're going to heaven. Folks, we're missing an awful lot of life if we stop right there and just get caught up in this world. Because some of the most miserable people on this green earth are these people who accept Jesus Christ as the Lord and Savior. And then they don't serve him. They don't learn from him. They don't follow him. And they wonder, why am I so miserable? Why am I so ornery? Because being a disciple requires learning and following those teachers. becoming a disciple means a commitment to study the bible becoming a disciple means a commitment to learn from that and even as i speak uh kevin's working on a discipleship book one of the first things we talked about maybe three or four months ago is kevin you'd be great at this i i saw that in his character that he'd be wonderful uh teaching folks through the written word and and i believe he'll do a great job but kevin when we think about sanctification uh you either do it or you don't right?
2: Yeah, our um, yeah, our text here is Jesus. This whole thing that I I'd said earlier, what, what seek ye come and see, that's just, just like textbook definition of discipleship is leading someone, helping them to go from where they're at. Um, and yeah, you were sealing my thunder a little bit on this thing, like the, <laughs> on the discipleship book. Uh, I'm having a great time writing it, really am. And I'm just praying and praying and, and just full of desire to have people get help from it to go from where they're at to where they need to go because if you stop in the process of becoming a disciple you will become miserable i looked up the scripture a second ago jesus himself in john fifteen six said if a man abide not in me that is, a, if a Christian stops staying closely related to Christ and growing in him, he is cast forth as a branch and is withered, and men gather them and cast them into the fire and they are burned. So you have withering, that's pretty miserable, and then you've got men gathering so and casting them into the fire, hmm. so that's pretty miserable. So, you know, withering, we feel that in ourselves, but when men gather, God's God's not the gatherer. God's not throwing a person into hell who's a Christian. Uh, they shall never perish, neither shall any man pluck them out of my hand. We've passed been passed from death and life. You cannot lose your salvation, but we can sure wither. And then men, humans, the people around us, when our testimony goes sour and we stop living in the spirit, which is the attractive part of us, and we begin living in the flesh. People begin to get sick and tired of us, and they like get them off the stage, we don't like you anymore. And it happens all the time. And I, I mean, I, I've tasted it here and there in my life when you stop staying close to the Lord, it becomes um, a stench in people's nostrils. So, uh, yeah, we, we can't get stuck, we need to keep going. And, and thinking about discipleship, brother, on this wise, um, the the Uh, We had a missionary. So we were doing a church plant years ago outside Fort Hood, Texas, which is now Fort whatever. Yeah. (laughs) But yeah. I don't
1: even know. Yeah. Yeah.
2: Yeah. Yeah. But get me started there. But we had a missionary come in named Tom Godet, G-A-U-D-E-T. And Tom came in and uh, really, he was just one of these guys that's just teaming with great ideas. He'd be a great podcaster. He went to be with the Lord not long ago, last uh, their effect this year, I do believe. But, uh, Tom, uh, he came and challenged. He said, you know what? The the average church does discipleship one way and God does it three ways. Jesus did it three ways, the life of Christ. Well, I said, what are those three ways? And he said, well, the average church does, um, monologue, but Jesus did monologue dialogue. And then he said life. so, You know, monologue is preaching and teaching. You know, Sunday school and church, that's the average church's extent of discipleship. But he said, really, Jesus not only did, you know, the Sermon on the Mount type of stuff, but he also sat down and asked questions. And and certainly some Sunday school teachers ask questions and so forth, which is the way it ought to be done. But you know, whether you're leading a Bible study on a military base, whether you're, you know, you know, QA is just always important. Jesus did that, you know, we would call it the Socratic method of asking questions, but he he tapped into the, the mindset of people and asked them, What seek ye? You know, what are you what you know, what do you think about this? And, you know, kind of study questions at the end of the chapter. And, um, so there was monologue and dialogue. Then there was life. He said, come and see. And his disciples hung out with them. And I think, uh, hung out with him. I think that it's an important missing element where, um, we can train people to do things by saying, Hey, Hey, Bob, you know, thought I'd call you on the phone. I'm going to go to Lowe's. you want to go with me? We'll get, you know, grab a bite to eat at, uh, you know, at the, at the diner on the way. And, you, and we're doing that because we want to pour ourselves into him and let him see the way we talk to someone, the way we would give a track to someone, the way we handle, you know, a flat tire, the way we oh, help us Lord. But the way that we go through things, that level of discipleship is an awesome element, but it's so often missing. But certainly Jesus had it all three and he's the best example.
1: Certainly. And so again, what another great example of a a man uh, training and giving his life for Christ and then going to be with Christ. And, but we remember it starts with that relationship. Then that sanctification that Kevin was talking about, you know, in the army, we did exactly that. We would, uh, not only teach it, but we would show people how to do it. We, we didn't only define leadership. We, uh, we gave an example of it. We lived leadership. We showed them how to lead from the front and how to do those things. So, uh, again, a relationship with Christ, number one, to be a disciple, number two, learn Learning and following is teaching. Number three, something happens when you do that. Something happens when you start following around other people. Something happens when you go to the diner on the way to Lowe's things change when you get on the bus and uh, and and some of those things that change first of all you have a transformation of your character sanctification is not only about learning more and more about Christ but God does this wonderful thing with the sanctification in the discipleship process he changes us he doesn't leave us there man he, he we become more christ-like and you know it's this process you know I think of when I think about the change in process I think about love I think about Humility. I think about forgiveness, all these other virtues that are characters of Christ, but they're not germane to us. They're not organic to us. We have to seek them and learn about it. And then as our character transforms, uh, we get more and more obedient. We're more apt to surrender. Uh, we're more apt to follow his example. We start bearing fruit. Oh man, what, what a work that God does when we're bearing fruit. And then finally, I think it's so important to understand that disciples uh, are commissioned to do a mission. And I know I've used that example 100 times in missions conference, uh, but we, we participate. You know, as we were saved, as we learned and followed, went through the sanctification process, as God transformed us, as we remained obedient, surrender to all the things he has for us, follow his example and others that are following him, we start bearing fruit. And most importantly, we buy into the mission. We've got a mission, folks, to serve God and to help each other. Well, one of the reasons Kevin and I are doing this is because we're people who've been helped and we want to pay it forward. We serve a wonderful God and he is worthy of that. We sure do love you folks. You want to make sure you come back tomorrow. We're going to continue on with the life of Christ and uh, we'll be right here. May God bless you.
0: Thank you for listening to our broadcast. At Help for Wounded Spirits, we believe the Bible and place great importance on you having a personal relationship with your Lord and Savior. The Bible delivers a clear and simple message of salvation outlining how you can begin your personal relationship now. First, recognize that you are a sinner as all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. Second, understand that there is a cost to our sin as the wages of sin is death. Third, realize that Jesus alone paid that price To receive salvation, simply ask the Lord to save you in Jesus' name while believing in your heart that He alone can save you, and He will. If we can help you with your salvation or to direct you to a local church, please do not hesitate to contact us. For additional helpful resources, including our new TV series, more information, or to donate and support this crucial ministry, please visit us at woundedspirits.com. May God bless you.